The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Stu Hynek, author of Get the Meeting, an illustrative contact marketing playbook, and you are listening to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Hello, and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal during this unusual time is to reconnect you with past guests on the marketing book podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be drinking cocktails during these conversations. I mean, come on, they are recorded during the cocktail hour. And if you'd like to join the conversation, email a voice recording to me at douglas at salesartillery.com, and I'll try to include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. So, Stu Hynek, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I don't have anything else to do, so this is great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And actually, uh, I think the cocktails probably help because when a lot of authors found out that cocktails might be involved, they said, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to anybody, even you, Douglas. So, And, and I'm used to that that sort of thing. But uh, I did want to uh, remind listeners of uh, who you are. So you also, as you mentioned, you wrote Get the Meeting, an illustrative contact marketing playbook. And then the first time I interviewed you, it was about your book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, The Untapped Selling Power of Contact marketing. And for those who are not familiar with uh, Stu, he uh, is a uh, award-winning cartoonist, a Hall of Fame nominated marketer, and uh, uh, you were a Wall Street Journal cartoonist for many years. And in your book, you talked about how you used cartoons, custom cartoons for like uh, the heads of these different magazines that you wanted to do cartoons for. And you got a I think it was a 100% response rate. And then you went on to do these great campaigns for their uh, subscriptions. And they were, uh, I think they became the the standard by which, or the benchmark by which all others uh, were judged. Do I, do I have most of that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit of, ter- a little bit of different terminology. They were, I kept, I kept beating their controls. You're always, in statistics, we're always testing against a control group, but in contact or not in contact marketing, but in direct marketing, they're always testing against a control, which is the most effective thing they've ever put in the mail. And so if you beat the control, you just you just set the new record. And we kept setting a lot of records by using cartoons and personalization in the mailings. Yeah. So, well, you know, I am drinking some bourbon right, right now. I hope, I hope the listener can hear that. And uh, at any rate, well, now, where are you? Don't you live on an island in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I'm I'm on Whidbey Island. Uh, I got out about twenty or thirty miles north of Seattle. It's beautiful. It's just stunning, and it, and it's a beautiful day too. Mm-hmm. I can't go out, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just you know, <laughs> beautiful sunny sky. 
Yeah. And so you uh, were, were any of your plans changed? Were you were any of your travel cut back or uh, anything like that? What, what's changed for you? Well, so far uh, we have a we have a trip to uh, Denmark planned in Jan or sorry in January July, and uh, that's questionable. But um, otherwise, you know, look, I work from my I work from my studio, which is in my home, and I've always had to apologize, or let's say, I've had to hide that. I felt I've had to hide it, you know, like oh, got to make it sound like an office instead of um, just this nice studio. It's a beautiful studio. But it's in the home. I just walk downstairs. That's my my commute. So, so you were doing it long before it was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's that's yeah. Well, it wasn't cool. <laughs> it wasn't cool at all. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's not a big difference except that, you know, I would usually go into town. There's two little towns on the island, so I'd go into one or the other to go to the grocery store or the hardware store or something. Or go to the check the the mailbox, that kind of stuff. And you just get out, and I've become very friendly with the. The people who work at all those places, so they're kind of old. They feel like old friends at this point, and so there's none of that. You can't do that. Um, but then I'll tell you another thing that has really changed, and that is that actually, actually, I've gotten much busier with work. I mean, just with business, and um, and the whole nature of of meetings, of what meetings are, and how to get meetings has changed. It's really, really changed. Just in the last few weeks, or well, let's say in the last month. I mean, while we're while we're all working from home, the rules changed. You know, because we're. I mean, for one thing, people are much more um, available and accessible. Yeah, they're available because they they're not traveling, so they're not spend or commuting. They're not spending so much time, you know, on a plane or in a car, or train, whatever they, however they commute or travel, but. So that's that's one thing. So that they're sort of available twenty almost two four seven, you know. Well, yeah. Look at me. I'm able to get Stu Heineck on the line. Come on. Here we are. Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon, and you know, would normally we wouldn't. Neither of us would be in an office right now. Right. So well, I'm at home. I'm. I used to do these at my office, but now my office is sitting empty. No one's working there, yeah. and uh, I brought a microphone home. I'm here at my uh, here at my home too. So. Yeah, well, what else? What else has changed? Just so everyone's available, and what other things yeah. have you noticed changing? Well, I mean, they're available, but also I, I think the people who are not used to working from home are I, essentially they're bored out of their skulls right now. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it's like God. I, w- I wish anyone would call. You know, I think I think <laughs> you may be right, Stu, and and not just because I'm publishing an episode of this limited time series every day, but my listenership has just really taken off. <laughs> So people are either uh, bored, or they 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 this has become part of their cocktail hour routine, which I I hope I hope it is. Uh, but people, and I'm I'm sure that uh, I think I saw some article about um, there was some country where the government asked Netflix to go to lower definition because so many people were streaming, uh, you know, uh, streaming video services. Yeah, yeah, we can't for a while. We couldn't even get networks Netflix to work at all. We just you know we just got that round. That spinning thing, and then it would stop spinning. Okay, get out of Netflix. That's it. Yeah. But so, yeah, Stu, you have. I think it's you. You've you've pretty much coined and owned the term contact marketing. Can you remind listeners what contact marketing is and why your book has become uh, <laughs> your books have become cult favorites of really successful sales and business development people? 
Yeah, well, so actually, you know, yes, um, contact marketing is the term I used and coined in, um, in how to get a meeting with anyone. A lot of really amazing things have happened recently. So one of them is that th- that book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, was just named one of the top 64 sales books of all time. Um, oh, congratulations. And, Ed, I, I remember voting on it for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I, that was so in a competition. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it actually got into the top 16, but I, I, I don't know about the – I mean – the competition is what it is, but I, I'm just thinking that it was named at all. That's pretty cool. So I'm just saying one of the top 64, um, or using that that portion of it. So, but yeah, so it was named one of the top 64 sales books of all time, and um, and people have been using it. I, the thing is, it's not even a sales book. It really isn't. I mean, it's it's how to get meetings, and you have to have meetings to sell. But meetings are useful throughout business and really throughout human experience. You can use it for a lot of things. So it's not necessarily just a sales book, but that was pretty, that's a big honor. Well, Um, Stu, let me push back a little bit as a impartial reader of your book. It was a sales book and here's why I would argue that it is. Okay. I mean, you say what you want to, but you know, I don't want you talking about the book that way. No, I'm kidding. Um, You (laughs) in that, in that first book, get the meeting. You do explain the concept and the theory behind personalizing something to get into people, and it had quite a bit in the book about what happens once you do get the meeting. So the the book didn't end with, congratulations, you've gotten the meeting. (laughs) I think that was like only halfway through. And then it's as if in that book, you're trying to remind – now, these are people you're trying to reach who are fairly influential and important people, not just the – you know, the lower level people, although you do work with them to get into these top level people. But you then go into, as I recall, quite a bit about how this is different from, you know, knocking on the door with the lower level people. They have different concerns. They have different things keeping them up at night. And it was sort of like, you didn't name any of the chapters this, but, you know, what to do once the dog has caught the car it's been chasing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good way to so, put it. <laughs> it was very helpful. It was very helpful. And and so that's why I would say, yeah, I think it's more of a sales book than than you may may realize. Now, tell us again the difference between the two and, and what, what came out between the first and, and the second. Oh, the f- first and second book, sure. The first one, it, it has... I, I, I interviewed the top 100 sales thought leaders based on the size of their sales blogs and and I asked them if you when you absolutely have to reach someone of great importance someone who's nearly impossible to reach how are you doing it what are you doing because I've always used my cartoons and people are using all kinds of really really fascinating things so how are you doing it and they shared all these all these great stories amazing stories and those distilled down to 20 categories of contact marketing campaign types. So there's gifts and visual metaphors and lots and lots of other things, uses of email and social media and on and on, over the top, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, there are 20 categories of contact marketing campaign types. And I also talked about how to how to work with executive assistants. Sort of the, the spoiler is that you should you should include them in your campaign and you should think of them as VPs of access. Yes, you know, gatekeepers are our friends. They're not gate. They're not even well. Gatekeeper, I guess, is part of what they do. But um, I just think of them more like talent scouts. There's, you know, they do let they they keep people out, sure, but they also let people in. And those people, what they're looking for in those people is something of really great interest, something that their executive wouldn't hear about, wouldn't know about unless they found it. And so they they're out finding nuggets of gold for the 
for the executive as well. That's that's part of their job. And there's mm-hmm. some of the, there's some of the smartest people in the companies. They're really they're amazing people. So um, there's things like that in the book. And um, and one of the things that I heard when that book came out from the people who read it was, you know, I loved reading it. I loved reading the stories. I've started using some of the things in there. It's changing my results. But the one thing that I really would have loved to have seen is pictures of some of the campaigns that you talked about. So, so get the meeting um, started out that that's the second book that came out last October started out as a collection of, um, of case studies, but with photography. And then as I moved this along, the thing is this story keeps moving what contact marketing is. And certainly I didn't, I didn't invent it by any stretch of the imagination. It's something people are doing naturally. I'm just, I'm just chronicling it. So, uh, so there were more, um, more, I added to the 20 categories of contact marketing campaign types. I think there are a dozen more now in, in get the meeting. So it really ended up becoming a companion. That's really what it was anyway, but a companion book to the first one. Um, you read the first one, you get a great overview of contact marketing. You read the second one, you get more, uh, more methods, but you also are exposed to a new model and a, a replacement for business cards that is also part of the contact marketing model, something I called pocket campaigns. Yes, yes. And there were even things in the second book where people had contacted you after they read the first one and said, oh, wait, you missed this, or, or oh, I, you need yeah. to include this. Yeah, exactly. That's even still happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably not going to stop. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's really great stuff. I mean, there, there's just amazing stuff. Really interesting uses. Like a couple of things that really stood out to me. Um, one was um, um, I heard from someone named Curtis Brooks right after the first book came out. And he said, you know, I wish we would have talked because – and then he th- described how he uses unsolicited proposals. And it's pr- Oh, yes. That was one of my favorite parts. It's really cool. Yeah. And then I wanted to look forward into – you know, I wanted to say, well, what's, what is it going to look like in the future? Of course, I had no idea we were going to have – this pandemic and and Zoom would become. I mean, Zoom is the new meeting. We're not. I don't even know if we're going to meet face to face all that much. I think we will. We, we <laughs> won't need to, but I think we're going to be using a lot of a lot more Zoom than than we were. Yeah, I think I, you're, you're right. But um, but what about what should be people be doing? Because I don't know that there's a whole lot of meetings going on other than through Zoom. And what? What should are there any ideas? I mean, are people coming to you, or do you have any ideas about what's what's going to be happening? I just, you know, I, I I'm listening to all these thought leaders and reading lots of articles, and they're saying that you know people don't really change that much. We haven't changed for hundreds of thousands of years. We still have the caveman brains. We want to be around other people, and we are equipped to deal with people face to face. It may maybe it's yeah. not going to happen right away, but I just don't think that we can factor that out. And I think despite what people say, they, they're going to want to meet with folks. But in the interim, any thoughts on, on what is going to change and, and what people might still be trying to do to get meetings? I guess the meeting would yeah, just be yeah. through Zoom instead of person person? Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on right now. First of all, um, I, can't, I, I hear all the thought leaders, all these, I don't know if they are thought leaders, but a lot of people spouting a lot of advice as though we've all, they've all been through this before, you know, they haven't, nobody has, but, but you know, <laughs> that's a good point. You know, but not, I think we also have to square that with people who are saying everything's going to change. Yeah. No, it's not. 
Yeah, you know? no, not not. I mean, we're still going to want to get together. I I don't mean that, but I think it'll. Mm-hmm. The, people have discovered probably it's it's really a lot easier to work from home. I mean, a lot of people may may say, you know what, I kind of like this. <laughs> Count me. Yeah, I'm starting to get way too comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, but here's the thing. And I've been I've been running a lot of roundtables and and hearing a, a lot of feedback from people, just stories of what what's going on out there. Mm. And so, this um, these things are not my thought leadership, quote unquote. And me just saying, I've hey, I've been through it too, and I'm a, I'm a thought leader on how to how to survive COVID nineteen. Not nothing like that at all. I've been hearing about what people are doing and. And and what they're and, and one of the most important things is that people are getting not only meetings but they're getting deals right now. If you sell business to business, then um, you know businesses didn't shut down. They're, and just because people aren't working in the office and they're now working from home, doesn't at all mean that things have stopped or slowed down. Even almost, I mean, even even people who are producers of events, you know, you would think, gosh, it's like being in the cruise business, but it's. Mm. But it's not. They're they're getting deals. I mean, people are just switching to virtual events. Humans are so they're so adaptable and so creative, and we just we just fill the need in another way, and we do it pretty quickly. And so, um, so uh, deals are being made. And anybody who's standing on the sidelines saying, "Oh, well, you know, I'll wait until this is all over before I start talking to people again," is really really missing the boat. And again, I'm only talking about. You know, it's a very specific sector here, which is business-to-business sales. Not, mm-hmm. for example, restaurants. Restaurants are and cruise line. I mean, people. There are a lot of people hurting, and I don't mean to minimize that at all. Yes, I'm saying that if you're involved in that particular world, B2B sales, there's a lot going on, and you should not be sitting it out. Um, the other thing that, that I was going to say is that you know, when when people are invited inviting each other now to meetings. They're doing it a lot like this one that we're doing right now, although we're not on Zoom. But they're having someone someone mentioned that they now they're they're sending beers around to their to people at their homes um, so that they can arrange a time and sit around and have a beer together. I think hmm. that's the coolest thing. So you know, <laughs> maybe we could do this again and not even record it, Stu. <laughs> well, listen, that's happening a lot. We're start. I'm, we're starting to have. Cocktails with people on Zoom, <laughs> just you know, just to do it, friends that yeah, we never see otherwise. And it, I don't know why we weren't doing it before. Actually. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's... part of what I meant by things are changing, Doug, is just that I think people are going to get very used to um, using Zoom and, and others. Uh, I, I really like Zoom actually, but but Google Hangouts and Skype and so on. But they're going to get much more used to using that as as I think. I don't want to call it a substitute for meeting because you're really meeting and you're, you're, you're seeing each other face to face. So, uh, even though it's not actually, you're, you're not in the same room together. I think that is going to suffice as a, as a face to face meeting a lot more than it was before. So some of that will change. And even just, you know, um, sending, you know, I like to send things like cartoons or so a big cartoon prints and so on, or my books and sending, um, sending something to someone at their place, I mean, at their home, I should say, is becoming, well, I don't want to say it's more acceptable. It's just it's necessary if you're going to do anything right now. Um, and so I've been finding that people are very open to it. Usually I'm I'm sending my books, and Amazon had been sending my books three-day turnaround until just, I don't know, I just checked it earlier this Thursday or so, 
And I found out, oh, now it's now it's May 1st. <laughs> That's the earliest I can get them to deliver my books. But before it was just in three days. Um, and, and so we can, but you know, FedEx and UPS are still running. The, the post office is still running. We can still get things to people at their, at their homes. And, you know, I, I'm sending a book is a great, this is a great time to send a book. You know I mean? That's whether it's just your favorite book or the book you wrote. Yeah. This is a great time to do it. Well, you know, folks can still get Kindle versions of both your books. Oh, is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's right. Kindle and, and Audible too. Yeah. That's, that's another way to just do it immediately. Yeah, I don't know how well it would work as Audible because there's so much visual, particularly in the second one. Everyone who talks to me and says, I bought the Audible edition, I listened to it, and then I bought the print edition. <laughs> I had to make notes. Well, I hope you're That's saying true. thank you. Yeah, I do. I mean, every time, it seems like everyone, every time someone buys the Audible book, they, they end up buying the, the hardback or, or soft cover. So your wife is originally from Denmark, is that right? She is, yeah. So tomorrow, I'm interviewing uh, an author from Denmark, a guy named Martin Lindstrom. Oh, nice. And I interviewed him once before about his book, Small Data, and this is a book that's coming out this summer called uh, The Ministry of Common Sense, and it's about how (laughs) common sense has been crushed in businesses and why it has been uh, ruined. Well, not ruined, but why it's being surgically removed, and then ultimately why that uh, makes it so difficult for the customer experience. And he has had success helping companies set up a ministry of common sense within businesses to start removing friction for their customers and also for their employees. You know, for I'm I'm sure uh, you and I are the only uh, ones that have ever worked at companies that had policies that made absolutely no sense. (laughs) But he gives lots of examples. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I think it's very phone systems that, you know, have been around now for way too long. Yes. And, and it was like, it would be like the operator saying, hi, and th- you have to listen to all this. So, hi, uh, these are all the extensions we have. Then you can tell me which one you want, you know, right. go through the whole list. Right. Then you have to, yeah. So that'd be a great place to start. So are your, your children there as well? Hmm. Sorry. No, I was drinking my beer here. So, um, <laughs> quite all right. <laughs> No, no, my kids are grown. Oh, one, okay. one is in LA. Another one, uh, I'm not. Well, I guess the other ones. One, one, it works in a maritime uh, position, so he's all over the place. But do you think uh, your business is going to change markedly going forward? Well, I mean, I've gotten much busier actually during this. It's really weird. I, uh, great, it's great, a great, wonderful weird. But um, I guess partly people would like to know, well, okay, now what do we do about getting meetings? So they're, they're turning to that kind of content right now. Yeah, say, okay, and meetings aren't going away. They're definitely maybe not. maybe the, the format's a little different. Format's different. And I think actually, well, you know, when things change, they're always, I guess, positive and, and, and negatives. But positives, we can have them much quicker. We can have them almost any time. We can... Um, as long as we've showered and dressed the top half of ourselves, we can have, you know, uh, we can have video meetings really easily. You're saying we need to wear pants? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No one told you. <laughs> I was just kind of hoping maybe that would never come up, but, uh, you know, we just don't get up. Just like <laughs> there are, so you know what comedy is about 
I don't know, things going wrong and, and, and conflict. And certainly that's happening with all this too. And so I don't know if you heard that story about this one group of people that within a, a company, they were all meeting, you know, but from home on zoom and this one woman decided she got up, took her laptop with her, went into the toilet, dropped her trousers, put you know, put the toilet, the, <laughs> the laptop down on the floor, dropped her trousers and started using the toilet. The, the rest of them were saying, what the hell are you? Oh, doing? and she didn't mute the video. <laughs> she, realized any, she had to turn it around real quick. She didn't realize the whole thing was on, on display. It was great. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, a few weeks ago, and it was talking about everyone getting used to having these video conferences at home. One thing they did have to say was wear pants because it's it's come up where somebody is I don't know if they're I don't know if they're going com- total commando or not but the like the dog wants to be let out or yeah. the dog wants to get in these people yeah. are in, instinctively standing up and walking over and like they might be wearing a you know a business uh, a shirt and a uh, maybe a blazer or something and they've got their shorts on <laughs> Yeah, the top <laughs> and people are like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we we can see what you're wearing." But I think it's interesting because people uh, can start to. S- it just seems like there's a little more humanity now, you know, or, yeah. or uh, authenticity, or uh, yeah. something like that that's going on. I, less pretense. I agree. I I really agree. And I, and I was going to say that the top definitely doesn't match the bottom right now, you know. But 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 we're all doing it. So even if even if someone got up and said, and we said, "Oh God, it's." No, I just realized you're wearing shorts with your blazer. <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. But you know, if they stood up, they'd be showing about the same thing. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> We're all doing probably. it. Lots more humanity happening right now. Whether it's those those fails that I like the one I just mentioned, or or the ones that you've just mentioned, it, and I think that makes us all more human. And that's great because if we don't com- if we don't connect on a human to human basis, we're basically not connecting. It's so true. And I mentioned this on a conversation I was just having yesterday with uh, Paul Smith, who's written a number of uh, fantastic books about stories and storytelling. And there's a book that Harvard Business Review sent me last week. I stopped by the office once a week to see which books have arrived. Um, and then uh, any invoices I get, I, I'm able to hand those back to the uh, mailman and uh, – <laughs> And then the checks I'm able to cash. Yeah, it's all it's working out real well. So um, there's this book, and I, I've I've already halfway through it, and I haven't even scheduled the interview with the author, but I hope he'll come on. And it's by a guy named Nick Morgan, and it's called "Can You Hear Me? How to Connect with People in a Virtual World." And hmm. it's a nice adjunct to your books. It's not about getting the meeting, but it is talking about uh, the limitations of meeting with people you know, either on Zoom or webinar or email or telephone or all these different types of things. He he talks about the problems that are inherent with not meeting face-to-face and hmm, explains all the, brain, all the brain science behind it and says, you know, it really is better if the humans can, can meet, but it, it, it's, you just can't always do that. And then the second half of the book, he's, he's offering suggestions on how to improve your virtual uh, communications. And so you really have to work extra hard at certain things like showing uh, empathy and making sure that everyone on the call is is listening in and, and has had a chance to uh, participate and things like that. It's just, it's it's fascinating. And sure, it's like I said, it's not perfect, but there are certain things that we can do to make it better. And, you know, it's like so many books that I've been able to f- 
read and feature on the podcast, you don't have to be perfect at all these things, but if you just do each thing a little bit better, you're, you're already in the top quintile in yeah. terms of uh, yeah. being effective. Yeah, you're in the golden quadrant. And by the way, what a well-timed book. That's incredible. Well, this came <laughs> out in October of 2018, and uh, somehow wow. they, Harvard Business Review, I think they were promoting it, saying, you know, they, they were sending a, an email out. The publicist was saying, well, here's some other, here's some new books, and here's another book, and the author's available. And I'm thinking, wow. oh, <laughs> let's move him up in the uh, yeah in the in the queue here, just because I I really wanted to read that and. I'm uh, as I read it, I'm thinking, oh man, I, I see all the mistakes I'm making, and I see all the 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 problems associated with these kinds of things. And you know what? A year from now, everyone is going to be so much better at some of these smaller details. Well, see, that's what I mean. I, I just think it's it's becoming part of our repertoire, if not, you know, more than that. I mean, that we can have digital or, or virtual meetings. Is it, by the way, I, we're going to be doing even more of that when we use uh, when we start using uh, virtual reality more 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 than we are now. I, I just think we're going to get much and much more used to this. However, I also agree with you that if you get to meet face to face, it seems like every time I've done that, it the, the depth of relationship changes. It gets much deeper. But, absolutely, yep. absolutely. And he talks about, I, I mean, I haven't finished reading it, <laughs> with apologies to uh, Nick Morgan, who I've never met, but uh, he talks about how meetings and relationships that are online or virtual, meaning not in person, are much, much more fragile. And that's why you have to work so much harder at uh, sustaining them. And if you can get to uh, meeting with a person somehow that's that's better ultimately. And you think about yeah, you know, clients you've had, it, it, they've re- the relationships have been really strengthened when you've been able to to meet with them uh, yeah. in person. Well, it's almost like you're making a, oh, especially it will be uh, soon when we're traveling again. It's almost like you're making a heroic effort <laughs> on their behalf just to come and meet them. If the, you know, if you're not in the, in the same city, and yeah, so yeah, I think those. I I don't mean to say that that those should go away or will go away. But, you know, sort of like, you know, look what happened with with digital communication versus using the phone, which I guess is digital as well. I don't know. But, but you know, we almost never pick up the phone and call people now. We have, we have to <laughs> schedule it now. Yeah. We used to just pick up the phone and call. So things are, those kinds of things are changing, I think. For the younger listeners who are like my kids' age, who are in the 20s, that smart device actually a button on it where you you press it and you put in some numbers and you actually can talk in real time with another person yeah well i think they know that <laughs> i'm not sure but i would say they know that sorry it's that well. it's that uh sarcasm blended with dad jokes where <laughs> they'll start texting me like crazy and i'm like guys th- this isn't a conversation to be having on text can you just pick up the phone and call me <laughs> And call me. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a two or three text rule where I say, "Come on, just call me. <laughs> we can get through this a lot faster, and I can solve your problem." We can't tap out those messages as fast as you can, you know, right. <laughs> with those, with our fat fingers. Oh boy, yeah, that is kind of amazing the way they can get all that done. But I'm able to keep up if I can do the text messages on the computer screen. So, yeah, at any easy. rate, 
Stu, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, have cocktails with you. Um, we can uh, probably pour ourselves another drink and uh, keep it going, but uh, got to let the uh, the listener go. And uh, I hope that you and your your family stays uh, safe and healthy and and sane uh, these days. And I hope that uh, those first two books were not your last. And I know they're not because we had a very interesting discussion about several other books that you have in the works. Yep, they're coming. They're coming. And and th- thank you so much for for doing what you're doing. <laughs> I, I don't know what Jerry Seinfeld's going to think of it, but oh, there's in quarantine. I think he's fine. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty funny. He has nothing to worry about. <laughs> and I did hear from your wife, who said she was so appreciative of the fact that uh, you have someone else to talk to, even for a short amount of time today. God, you know, she's probably she probably is saying that. I'm giving her a little space at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, we'll be in touch. Take care. Thank you so much, Doug. See ya. All right, everybody. Last call.